Justified means just as if you've never sinned. Joyce Meyer When put into a difficult situation, ethics are often used as a moral sanction for a person's actions, society's collective beliefs assuring them that they have done no wrong. Being morally righteous is to be without sin, yet the idea of what is and isn't a sin varies from person to person, alongside the idea of morality. What's seen as immoral to one is just as easily seen as moral to another, in spite of the commonality or differences they may or may not share. In truth, the idea of justice is an opinion based solely on one's personal experience and circumstance. After all, one person's right will always be another's injustice. The Mere Wife in particular focuses on this aspect of morality. The novel's two most prominent characters, Willa and Dana, both play the role of a mother and yet due to both circumstance and opinion, their perception of motherhood varies greatly from one another. And I think this difference in opinion is a direct reflection of the experiences they've undergone in the past, such as abortion. When Willa ends up unmarried and pregnant, she faces backlash from her mother. To her mother, an unmarried woman with a child was considered shameful and wrong. Throughout her entire life, Willa was taught to follow her mother's advice, doing things like getting plastic surgery and even learning to cook so that she could be the perfect housewife. And so when her mother told her to get an abortion, Willa didn't question it. It didn't matter whether or not she didn't want to keep the child, since ultimately, her mother's advice came before her own opinions. Willa was used to people accepting her. She had never before been put into a situation where someone had openly criticized her lifestyle. So, when the idea of having a child as an unmarried woman was starting to become reality, Willa was afraid of what would happen to her. She knew that she'd be looked down upon for this new lifestyle, and because she was so afraid of people seeing her in a negative light, abortion seemed like the best option. And so instead of considering her own feelings first, she chose to follow the opinions of society in order to continue receiving their support. From then on, she was able to be the perfect mother and wife, but it came at the cost of her not being able to act on her own wants. Yeah, and I think it's here where we really start to understand why Dana and Willa behave so differently from each other, despite them both being mothers. Unlike Willa, Dana decides to keep her child, even though he was the product of a non-consensual situation. And I think the reason why Dana felt confident enough to keep her child was because Dana didn't fear disapproval like Willa did. She didn't feel like she had to cater to society because she was already being labeled as an outcast and for sleeping with the enemy, even if her actions were entirely non-voluntary. Both Dana and Willa were put into a situation where if they didn't have an abortion, they'd be looked down upon. But because their circumstances were so different from each other, they didn't choose the same option. And as a result, they had two completely different outcomes in the way society perceives them both. To the town, Willa was able to continue being the perfect wife and mother, while Dana was seen as an outcast and a traitor who had suddenly disappeared. Yeah, and I think this example perfectly ties into the real world as well. It's not uncommon for us to face a dilemma and want to conform to society's idea of right and wrong. Willa herself felt the need to appease her mother by getting an abortion because she knew being a single mother was considered scandalous. For us, you have the standard murder is wrong, stealing is bad, etc, etc, but as individuals, we still have our own particular beliefs. And it's these morally confusing situations like Willa's that oftentimes make it difficult for us to choose between our idea of right and society's. To give an example of this, let's consider a scenario from Professor Michael Sandel's 2009 lecture, Justice, the Moral Side of Murder. 
Suppose you're the driver of a trolley car, and your trolley car is hurtling down the track at 60 miles an hour. And at the end of the track, you notice five workers working on the track. You try to stop, but you can't. Your brakes don't work. You feel desperate because you know that if you crash into these five workers, they will all die. Let's assume you know that for sure. And so you feel helpless until you notice that there is, off to the right, a side track. And at the end of that track, there's one worker working on the track. Your steering wheel works, so you can turn the trolley car, if you want to, onto the side track, killing the one, but sparing the five. Here's our first question. What's the right thing to do? What would you do? Now, obviously, this is a difficult question where, at the very least, someone is going to die. But when considering the circumstance and your own morals, how would you respond to the scenario? I would change the train's direction. In my mind, it's easy to know that there are five people that will get to live their lives rather than just one. You're right. Morally, it feels uncomfortable to make this decision, knowing that someone has to die, and it feels even more wrong having that power. But logically, it's right to save more lives, even though it doesn't feel right to kill anyone. In my opinion, you wouldn't be saving anyone. You'd be trading someone's life for five others. You'd still be killing them. The way you phrase it is as though you're not the one who's actively causing that person's death, but you are. Just as how you're choosing to steer the train to the other side, you're also choosing to still kill that person with your own hands. And I agree with that, but the price of five feels like it outweighs the one. In this situation, I'm doing my best to minimize the losses, and sometimes sacrificing a little for more is necessary. This is exactly what you were talking about earlier. Obviously, we both think that murder is wrong, but when considering this hypothetical situation, we have different responses. And it's this exact difference of opinion that highlights how our own upbringing and experience can influence the way we think and behave, especially in a dire situation. We both want to save the people on the track, like how Dana and Willa wanted to protect their children from danger. Just like us, they both had different methods of doing so with Willa's first instinct being to attack, and while Dana's was to hide. Yeah, and there's an explanation for why Willa chose to attack. All her life, Willa was willing to conform to society. She got an abortion when it was deemed scandalous, she played the perfect housewife. To sum it up, she fulfilled her duties without question, and through this, she gained the support of her townspeople. Because she had Harriet Hall backing her, she had the confidence to directly face the monster she and her town feared. And Dana was outcasted from society. She was a runaway soldier that had a kid without knowing how she got him. She couldn't go back home due to the thought of her son getting hurt or taken away, so she hid away in a mountain. Dana wanted her son to live as normal of a life as possible and keep him safe. This also meant hiding away from everything. She knew as a collective the people in Herrett Hall wouldn't accept Gren for who he was because of the way he looked. Dana had justified her action due to her already fixed status being an outcast. She knew how cruel people can be when they see people who are different from themselves. She knew that they'd see her and her son as a threat to their own lives. She didn't want Gwen to experience the same treatment she had before. Seeing how hard it was to confront the town, she thought the easiest way out was to hide and ignore the problems for Gwen and herself. This is another example where Willa's actions are the direct opposite of Dana's. 
Being the wife of Roger, whose father founded Harriet Hall, she felt as though it was her responsibility to protect not just her son, but also the townspeople. All her life, Willa had the constant support of those around her, so she felt pressured to follow their rules in order to maintain that support. When the town feared Gren, it only made sense for Willa to also fear him. Because she had spent her whole life being taught to abide by society and not question it, Willa felt justified in attacking anything that challenged her town's sense of normalcy. And I think it's especially important to highlight the fact that justice is often a matter of perspective. Taking the poem Beowulf into account, Grendel attacks Harriet Hall seeking revenge for being an outcast and feeling as though he needs to fit into the role of villain since it's what others perceive him as. Just like Willa, he also felt the need to fit the image society had of him. It just so happened that that image wasn't a good one, unfortunately. Beowulf, in the promise of protecting Harriet Hall, attacks Grendel. Beowulf sees himself as a hero slaying a monster, and like any other story, the hero seeks out a villain that would help him fit into his role as the protector. Being the trusted right-hand man to the Danish king, Beowulf has to protect the Danes from any threat, and Grendel was just that. Beowulf's near entire livelihood revolved around the devotion between him and the Danes, so when Grendel became a threat, it only seemed all the more justified to kill him and put an end to his terror. Exactly, and it's here where we really start to see another comparison between the mere wife and Beowulf. Grendel's mother and Dana both felt a strong sense of responsibility to protect their children. When Gren is killed by Ben and the mere wife, Dana kills him in retaliation, seeking justice for her son's death. Just like Dana, Grendel's mother also sought revenge after the Danes and Beowulf killed her son, because to her, it didn't matter that her son was a killer. What was more important was the fact that her child had been killed and taken from her. And this is exactly where context and perspective influence our idea of justice. Simply viewing this as a situation where a mother lost her child, it's easy to sympathize and understand the actions of Grendel's mother. But when taking into consideration the fact that Grendel had killed innocents, that idea of justification is challenged. It's here where we really start to consider if there really is such a thing as true justice, especially when the idea of justice itself is almost always entirely based on perspective and experience rather than fact and law. Novels such as Beowulf and the Mere Wife show how our actions can be justified through circumstance and perspective. Our own ethical values as well as the values of others influence our daily lives and how we act upon those beliefs. The idea of right and wrong is just a relative term based on opinion rather than fact, at least when it comes to our morals. What we think is right will almost always be seen as wrong by someone else and vice versa, because it's impossible for every person to have the same opinion as one another. With the type of society we live in, with so many different people having so many different views, there will always be a wide spectrum of beliefs. It will never just seem black and white.